Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Good morning. Welcome to church this morning. My name is Michelle. I'm married to Nathan, if you don't know that. Nathan's a lead pastor. And for those who are wondering where Nathan is, yes, he's back from Cambodia. They got back on Friday. Annabelle is here. Um, But Nathan and Joel are out at our Preston's campus this morning and serving out there. So you have me instead. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get straight into the message this morning. Lord God, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come and meet with your people and to serve you and to um, share the word that you've given for me for today. Lord, I ask that our hearts will be open to you, Lord, our hearts will be ready to hear what you want to say to us and, and work in the areas that you want to work in, Lord, so that we can live a life that is faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever heard the saying, loyal to a fault? Have you ever heard that one? Perhaps you have, but you're not exactly sure what it means, or perhaps you've never heard it before. I know in the first service, some people didn't seem to have ever heard it before, which is fine, because I have some stories to share with you this morning to hopefully explain what that means. The first one is from when I was a child. When I was little, my family put in a swimming pool, and they were very clever. They put it in over winter, so that in the summer months, we would be ready to swim. My sisters and I were very excited to swim in our pool, so on the 12th of September, the pool was ready, it was full, and it was warm, so we decided we would go for a swim. So we all stood on the edge of the pool and jumped in the water, and it was freezing. We jumped in and jumped straight back out, but we were loyal to the idea that we would go for a swim as soon as we could, even if the water wasn't actually at an ideal temperature and wasn't probably for quite a while after that. Another story for you. Nathan gets to feature in my story. It's always a good story when Nathan's in it, I say. We had been married probably just a couple of months and he decided he would do something romantic and he planned a picnic for us in the front of our house, which sounds odd, but we lived in a battle axe property, that's what we rented. So there's a house in front of us, then we had a house behind. So we didn't have a backyard, we had front grass area. And as we sat and we ate this delicious meal, a man came up that Nathan knew pretty well and I did not know very well. And if you know anything about Nathan, he loves to include others. He hates the idea that you leave anybody out. So we're sitting, eating our romantic dinner for two, and he says, the guy's happy to have a chat, and he goes, do you want to join us? Which he did and stayed, and we had our first ever romantic picnic dinner when we got married at our new house with a visitor. Now, on the other side, so that's Nathan being loyal to a fault of needing to include everybody. But on the other side of that, I can also see that perhaps I was too loyal to the idea of needing to have just Nathan and I. We've had plenty of other picnics since then, but that was my loyal to a fault, so I couldn't include someone who perhaps was lonely. And then my final story is about me. Nathan's in it also, but I'm the one who was loyal to a fault in this particular story. We had gone to Cronulla one Friday to go for a run, and it was a nine-kilometre run from Wanda Beach, and you go south, and then you run back again. And so I'd done that once before, and we set out. We hadn't even left Wanda Beach yet, and I'm... Well, not on the beach, but on the esplanade that we go along. 
Hadn't even left there yet. And I'm like, oh, gee, my knee's sore. It's okay, Nathan, I just need to stretch. And they're stretching and trying to get myself ready. Started again. Oh, it's really sore still. Tried stretching again. I'm like, it's okay. It'll get better as I go. It didn't. And as I'm running along, I'm thinking, do I tell Nathan that my knee's really sore? No, I don't want to let him down. And I don't want to look weak because I'm tough. So I kept running, which was a very, very bad idea. Turns out I went to the physio and I had patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is also known as runner's knee. I would like to have thought I was a better runner than I was to have had that knee, but got it anyway. And the reason I ended up like that was because I was loyal to a fault. I was decided I wanted to be someone who persevered, even if it was difficult. A good quality that went very wrong for me. And I had about a year's worth of pain from that one run, which was a bit silly of me. Had to go and see physios and do exercises, which physio exercises are very boring and take a long time to do. And I had to pay for that financially as well. So my desire to be loyal to being persistent was actually a fault that landed me in pain for a long time. So all these stories show what it looks like to live lives that are loyal to a fault, where we take a good quality, but we take it so far, it ends up being an issue, or it's a misplaced loyalty that seems good but isn't. So this year we've been looking at the theme faithful and we can be loyal to a fault which is then an enemy of living a life that is faithful to what God wants us to do. So to help us understand that a little bit more we're going to have a look at the story of a man named Saul who later had his name changed to Paul. So this is the Paul from the or Saul from the New Testament and we're going to see what did he do that was loyal to a fault. So we see in Galatians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Now, zealous means the following things. It means passionate, devout, committed, dedicated, all good qualities, but when misplaced or taken to the extreme, ended up with Paul being someone who persecuted the church. He was passionate about God, but did it in the wrong way. If we go on um, in the Bible, if you read his story, you see that he was so passionate about the traditions of the, of the Jewish people that he even had people arrested, thrown in jail, and even approved of their killing. And in Acts chapter 26, verse 9 to 11, Paul himself explains when he was being held a prisoner for being a follower of Jesus, um, he explains to a man named King Agrippa, he said, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. For a t many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. Sorry. 
to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. He went way out of his way to be passionate and dedicated in protecting what he thought it needed protecting in God's way. He took loyalty to a fault, to a whole other level. How about you? What is it that you are being loyal to a fault with in life? We're going to have a look at a few different, nine different ones, some of them are shorter than others, um, different things that we can be loyal to that actually can be the opposite of what God wants. The first one is living cautiously or wisely. Wisdom is good. Everyone wants to be wise. And we don't like being so silly that we step out and we do things that cause us problems later on. But sometimes living a life that is faithful looks the opposite of that. I want to tell you a story about a lady named Jackie Pullinger. You may or may not have heard of her. She was um, a lady from England, and she was, prior to the age of 25, had decided that, well, had decided, God had told her he wanted her to be a missionary. And so she went and tried to figure out how she could do that and where she should go, and she prayed about it a lot, and she was convinced that's what God was calling her to, to be a missionary. And she didn't know where to go. She went to the missionary societies. They wouldn't take her until she was 25, but she so strongly believed that that's what God was calling her to, that she wanted to do it anyway. And so she spoke to a pastor, and he told her his advice, which he said came from God. Um, looking back, he said, buy a ticket on the longest boat ride you can find and then pray about where you should get off. And basically said, that's what Abraham, Abraham did. God told Abraham to go and I'll show you the place that I've given you. And then God did. And that she should do the same, whatever that looked like. It might be that there was nowhere on that particular trip she was meant to get off or it might be somewhere she'd get off just for a little while. He didn't know, but his advice was simply follow and do what God says. She must have gone back to the missionary society and told them the advice she had been given because they cautioned her, telling her that the advice was irresponsible. They wanted her to do things in a much more cautious and careful way when she was 25. But she went anyway and trusted God. And God led her to Hong Kong, one of the places on the boat ride, to a particular place in Hong Kong called the Walled City. And if you go onto the website, the official website for her and another organisation that works with her, they describe the walled city as a famous place known as darkness. This was a lawless relic of a 19th century Sino-British agreement and was officially off-limits to police. However, corruption was rampant. Young girls were sold to brothels, triad gangs, were ru triad gangs ruled, and there were over 40 opium and heroin dens. One toilet for up to 100,000 people in six acres, outside which they piled the dead addicts at one time. The website goes on to tell us that she used her time there when she turned up feeding the poor, showing God's love to people, caring for the sick and injured. And as she did those things, she would tell them about Jesus, and one by one, people started to follow him. And as she continued to do this over the years, it says again on the website, they borrowed or rented over 287 places to house the poor, recovering addicts and those with life-threatening problems. And then in 1985, something amazing happened. The government gave them a camp, a disused hut area, so they could better care for the poor and elderly. 
If Jackie Pullinger had been loyal to living a wise and cautious life, she would not have stepped out into the thing that God clearly had planned for her to do. And a lot of people would not have heard about Jesus that God had planned to hear about them. So we need to be careful that in our desire to be wise and cautious, we're not doing it in the opposite of what God says we should do. The next thing is that we can be have loyalty to friends and family that looks good because we all want people who are loyal to us. So we think it's good to be loyal to others. But it can put us in a situation where we, our loyalty to those people takes priority over what God wants. And I've broken this into two different areas. There may be others, but two different angles to look at. And one is being loyal to friends and family and what they want of us, which goes against what God has asked us to do. It may be something as simple as needing to prioritise our Sundays and say, this is what I do on Sundays. I go and I worship Jesus, I meet with his people, I encourage other people, and I hear from what God wants to say to me. Instead of if we have friends or family who say, no, come out every Sunday or come out every second one, it doesn't matter if you miss church sometimes, or things like that. Our priority is to do what God wants. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 25 to 26, it says, many people were traveling with Jesus. He said to them, if you come to me but will not leave your family, you cannot be my follower. You must love me more than your father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, even more than your own life. It's a high call. We also have in Matthew 22, 36 and 39, you have um, the person who came to Jesus and said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. A faithful life means putting God first and other people come in second. The second area of loyalty that we sometimes have to other people, our friends, our family, our loved ones, and I've watched people do this over the years and I guess I've struggled with it myself at times, is when you see someone that you love being hurt by someone else and then not wanting to let that go. And that's a tough one, being loyal to your friend in that situation. But what does God say? God says that we are to forgive other people. Matthew 6, 14 to 15, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's a big thing. God has given us and shown us so much forgiveness. He expects us to show that same graciousness and forgiveness to other people. And it goes even a step further. When God forgives us, in Romans 8 verse 1, it tells us, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Not only should we forgive people, but we also need to be able to say, if God can forgive them, so do I, and I can let it go. Condemn means to express complete disapproval of or to pronounce guilty. But God can set people free so that he no longer pronounces them guilty and sees them as sinless. Our job as Christians, if we're going to live a faithful life, is to say, that person did the wrong thing. It's not saying they didn't. 
They have done the wrong thing, but if God can forgive them, then I'm choosing to forgive them too. And if God chooses to then use those people to do great things, letting him have that ability to do it without us holding on to what they've done wrong. I think that can be a tough one, to see people who you know, they've done something so wrong, and then you go, they're serving in ministry, how could they do that? But how can any of us serve God? None of us deserve that opportunity. The next thing that we can be too loyal to is our self-protection. It's one that I can relate to, and I've shared in messages before that um, as the pastor's wife, I have had people who've been nice to me and kind, and then Nathan makes decisions they don't like, and they kind of cut me off at the same time as they cut Nathan off. And sometimes I've wanted to stay loyal to protecting myself. I've forgiven them, but I had pain, and so then I want to protect myself from that, um, from being hurt again. But... That stops us living a life that's faithful, stepping out, encouraging others, speaking to others, sharing with others, getting alongside other people and caring about them how God wants us to. So being too loyal in this area is also a problem. Then you can be too loyal with familiar ways or traditions. Things that um, we've always done it this way or this is how we like to do it. In a, a previous church I was in when I was a kid, we had um, a, a healthy church. So we had kids from babies up to adults who were elderly, everybody. And it was healthy and we had a good youth ministry and young adults got on pretty well. And I remember it got to this point where there was this desire to shift things a little bit, to make church a little bit more modern and welcoming for people who came in who may not have known Jesus yet and who wanted to come to church. And one of the tiny changes they wanted to make was to no longer hand out hymn books at the door to people, which is what they had done. But there was a small group of people and they did not want to change that. They liked getting a hymn book at the door. So we weren't even getting rid of the hymns, by the way. They were just going to be on a screen instead. So they didn't want to shake things up. Fast forward to today, that same church that had been very healthy and God was working in, no longer has, as far as I'm aware, any kids, any youth, any young adults, because they didn't move and let go of their traditions with the view that God wanted to do something greater than what they had already seen. And in Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, it says, "'Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it?' Sometimes God wants us to do things in a different way, to change how we do things, and that is okay. If that's what God's calling us to do, then we need to be loyal and faithful in trusting him and what he wants rather than what we like doing and have always done. Then you can have being loyal to staying in your comfort zone of serving God the way that you think you were made to serve God. My own comfort zone is pretty small, and I, if I had to figure out my life based on what I think I'm like, then there'd be many things, like even speaking to you today, speaking to you this morning, that I would not have had the opportunity to do if I had stayed in that little box. And I think what we have to remember, instead of being loyal to this is what I'm like, we need to remember things like this from Psalm 139, verse 14. 
It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. If you look in the New Living Translation, it says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. God has made us in a way that we don't even know what we're capable of. Other people may not know what we're capable of doing. And the Bible is full of stories of people who said, whoa, hang on a second, I can't do that, God, because I'm not like that. But God knew how he had made them and that he had um, made them for a purpose and for a certain situation. And Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God knows what he's got for us. And our job is not to stay loyal to the things that we think he's got for us, but to what he leads us to doing. Our next one is being loyal to being honest. Honesty is a good thing. Again, I want people to be honest. I want to be honest with other people. But it can be something that isn't a good um, thing to do, and we can be too loyal to that. And that is when we are being honest for the sake of being honest instead of doing it God's way. And what does that mean? Well, the Bible says in... It was not there, actually. In Ephesians 4, verse 15... It says, instead, speaking the truth in love. We're not just meant to go around saying, this is true, this is honest, I'm just being honest. No, we're meant to do it with love as Christians. And if we go to the verse that's often used for people getting married, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it gives us what, what God says love looks like. And this is what we need to be. Being honest in love looks like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Sorry about that. So speaking the truth and being honest is good, but when it comes from love. If our motives match that of what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, then our motives are good and we can speak the truth in love. But if not, we're just being honest for the sake of honesty alone and not doing what God said. He wanted us to love him first and love people as second importance. Another area we can be too um, loyal is to being generous. I don't know about you, but I've known people who have been so generous that they give away all their money, which looks very good, um, but then they have nothing left at the end of the day for themselves. And Proverbs 21.20 says, the wise man saves for the future. So to live a life that is faithful, yes, generosity is important, but if we go too far, we're also not doing what God says we should do, which is being wise in how we use what he has given to us as well. Then we have a strong work ethic. Again, a good quality that can go too far. Nathan's already shared in some of his messages, and I think I have too, about how he had a very strong work ethic. It's hard to say a few times. Um, when we first got married, and he would be very, very busy. He would say yes to everything. He was working six days a week plus doing extra things, and so he was constantly saying yes to other people and other jobs, which meant then he said no to his family. And so that caused issues in our marriage as a result, but it didn't just cause issues in our marriage, because he was loyal to needing to be a, 
a good worker, but he also then struggled himself physically and mentally. He ended up having a, a season he shared about in church before where he was very anxious and he had to stop and process how he was doing life and he's made a lot of changes since that time. So good work ethic is good unless it's not how we're doing it for God's best. If it's not loving other people as one of the top two priorities or loving God first, if it's putting tasks and jobs above people, we can take it too far. And our last one for this morning is that we can be too loyal in trusting other people. We can trust someone and then they fail us and we trust them and they fail us and we trust them and they fail us over and over again until it causes a lot of damage. But Jesus didn't trust everybody. He loved everybody, but he didn't trust them. And if we have a look in John 2 verse 24 to 25, it says, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. And it says that he didn't allow them to have power over them, over him by trusting them in the, um, one of the verses. So we can be too trusting. So let's have a quick look again at all those nine things that I've just shared with you this morning, and there are plenty of others I'm sure we could add to the list, of how we can be loyal to a fault. And as we do that this time, I want you to stop and I want you to allow God to speak to you, and I want you to figure out, are there any of these nine things that you currently struggle with and you're doing them to the point that it is like an enemy to living a life that is faithful and trusting God? There is living cautiously or wisely, being loyal to friends and family, self-protection. Are you loyal to a fault by doing things a particular way or a traditional way? Are staying in your own lane, particularly around serving other people or serving God? Are you too loyal to being honest but forgetting to love? Are you loyal to a fault with generosity, a strong work ethic, or in trusting others? Well, how do we change that pattern? What is it that shifts that for us? If we have a look in Acts 26, 12 to 15, we see Paul's story. He shares a little bit more. And it says, On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my, um, and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. It was this moment, this situation, that changed Paul from being loyal to the things he thought he should be to being loyal to God first. And it's when we know Jesus, when we follow him and we want to put him first and we allow him to work in our lives, that this shift can happen between being too loyal to the point that it causes us or people we love damage and we change and become people who are faithful in serving him. So I want you to think back again to those things that I shared this morning. And I want you to see and think about, 
Are you loyal to a fault? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And as they do that, we're going to just pray. And I want you to, again, think of those things. And if there's something in your life that stood out to you today where you go, yeah, actually, I do that thing. I thought it was good, but actually maybe it's not what it should be. We're just going to pray and say sorry to God for doing those things. And I give you a moment to just say what that thing is to God. And then ask him to help us to change. And we're going to sing again. Um, after that, we're going to worship. And it's all about how I'm going to build my life on God and him as our firm foundation and build it on his ways. So let's pray and then let's worship him. Lord God, I am sorry for living my life with loyalties that are in the wrong place. I'm particularly sorry for, just mention to God those things that you're particularly sorry for. Please forgive me and please help me to have priorities that align with you. To love you first and to love others second. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, just spend some time now in worship, bringing those things to God, asking him to reveal those things to you. And at the end of church, we'll have the prayer team up here so that they can also pray with you if you would like prayer. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.